Hey Jeepers, on episode 217 of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll hear what FCA is now doing with the Cherokee KL. We'll also hear a snippet of me on the Trail Chasers podcast, and I have a product review to share as well. We have part two of a new segment where we do our virtual build of a Jeep Cherokee XJ. We'll play your voicemails and answer your tech questions as well. We'll hear from the mind of Nikki G, cover some of the things you need to know about control arms, and talk about an air compressor you might want to add to the back of your Jeep. All that and more coming up on this week's Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. How about an elongated KL? An elongated version of the new Jeep Cherokee was just spotted in the wild. And by wild, I mean its natural habitat of concrete and asphalt. From the B-pillar forward, this test mule appears to be just like all other KLs out there. Though after this point, things get a little bit crazy. Dressed in a heavy black camouflage skirt, making it look more like a Viagra-fed love child of an HHR and a PT cruiser, it's hard to see specific details. But what's obvious is just how much this utility has been stretched. Both the wheelbase and the overall body appear to be longer. The rear doors seem to be bigger as well. These changes likely increase the vehicle's cargo space, but they could also provide enough room for a small third row of seats. You know, in case you want to bring along a quartet of circus midgets. With the Dodge Dart and Chrysler 200 sedans slated to go out of production from poor sales numbers, FCA is focusing more attention on profitable crossovers, utilities, and pickup trucks. Gee, there's an idea. These product changes will free up investment capital and manufacturing capacity. Beyond the Cherokee, could this ugly beast be the, mean the foundation for other products? Uh, most likely, yes. A Dodge Journey could be in the works and maybe something for the Chrysler brand, which is sorely lacking a crossover vehicle. Perhaps this stretched utility will be the basis for lots of new vehicles in the FCA empire. It's no secret the crossover market around the world is on fire, especially with gas prices where they're at. And Fiat Chrysler undoubtedly wants to cash in on this craze. If properly executed, more and different utility vehicles will help grow their profits and market share, as if they're hurting in that department in the very least. And who knows, maybe this will even give me something else to complain about. Well, hey guys, this is a little bit of information that we decided we need to pass along. We get a lot of emails about all kinds of things, and, and well, a lot of them are spam sometimes, and a lot of them are, uh, well, we don't know what to do with them. This one is one that we decided we have to at least pass this information along to you guys and let you choose what to do with it. Now, this is a name you guys might remember from the past if you've been a longtime listener of the show. Jesse Ryder from XJ Performance. We got an update about this guy. Now, you may remember him from an interview uh, back on episode 131 that we had with Jesse, who's trying to break a 14-second quarter mile in his Jeep Cherokee. No blower, no turbo, just a naturally aspirated 4-liter engine. Well, Jesse's ran into some troubles, and he sent us an email. In his email, he says this. Back in August, I had to close my, comp my company down because my tool and inventory shed was robbed. They stole $60,000 in tools and in parts. My only resort was to pack my tools I had left in my Jeep and try and find solid ground. Three days ago, I hit a patch of gravel in my Jeep with entirely way too much weight in the back, and I lost control. I rolled end over end 150 yards and was knocked unconscious with my motor in the cab with me. I regained consciousness twice. The second time, I was able to crawl out where I witnessed a group trying to help me, and 
another group stealing my tools and clothes that were laying in the field while I laid there bleeding. I got out of ICU two days ago after, my, after sustaining a ruptured disc, multiple broken ribs, internal bruising, and my right ear being ripped off. I now have no vehicle. I'm not able to work until I see the neurosurgeon, and I need help supporting my small family. God bless you all, and thanks for reading. He has set up a GoFundMe page uh, for those out there who wish to help out Jesse. His uh, GoFundMe page is GoFundMe.com slash Save White Thunder. All one word. Now, again, all of this is unstamped, uh, unsubstantiated, unsubstantiated, guys. I, I haven't spoke with Jesse myself. Uh, nobody from the show has either. So uh, please take this with a grain of salt. I'm not calling Jesse a liar. I'm not saying this didn't happen. Uh, I'm just saying this is unsubstantiated at this point, and we encourage you guys to do your own research. Do with this information what you will. And if uh, this is indeed uh, what has happened, Jesse, Godspeed, buddy, and we hope the best for you. Yeah, and, we, uh, we have no reason to, to doubt that this is what's no, happened, but all. we want to be very careful because just getting an email from somebody, uh, there are cases that people have done things to obtain money. Uh, we're not indicating Jesse's doing this. We're just saying it's a possibility. Like Josh said, do your own research. We're just bringing the information to you. And, and it's very, I will say this, uh, happy, and I've already done, said one, a prayer for Jesse and his, his family and uh, speedy recovery because we wish you uh, well and uh I'm just glad he didn't uh, wreck the uh, the vehicle while doing the 14-second uh, quarter mile. Yeah, now he did send us um, a series of pictures. Uh, some of them are a little hard to to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, we may put those up on our website or uh, or links to them. You guys can check out the show notes for this episode. Uh, we may or may not have those up there for you. Uh, in the meantime, guys, big thanks to all of you out there who send us emails uh, for the show, especially those who give us uh, ideas for uh, segments like this one here you guys have a response to any one of our stories or have an idea for a story that we should be talking about in This Week in Jeep, by all means, please send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Thanks. Josh, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I bet, but no, I bet you, you remember this. Did you say last week that uh, FCA, the Jeep portion of FCA uh, sales were up 70% from last year? Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but yes, the, we are in the no, the seventieth uh, straight month, I believe, oh. is what it is of sales increases. Okay, because I was telling my wife that tonight on on our little uh, evening walk, and I thought, well, seventy percent over last year. I thought, good God, that's and they yeah, weren't doing bad last year. <laughs> yeah, they weren't doing bad last year. <laughs> no, so, they weren't. So uh, that's right. You did say seventieth seventieth straight month, which makes more sense. Okay, glad I asked. I'll, I'll try to pay more attention. <laughs> listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. XJTalk.com is where you go when you're not off-road. And now you can go to XJTalk.com when you're off-road too. Using your smartphone, install the Tap a Talk app, then search for XJTalk. Take XJ Talk with you wherever you go. Jury duty, dinner with your spouse's parents, even, well, anywhere you need your XJ Talk fix. Um, coming up in a few minutes on Wrangler Talk, it's Family Feud Time with Cody from Trail Chasers. Ooh, Family Feud. That's interesting. Is there going to be a lot of Richard Dawson kissing in this one or 
Is Steve Harvey uh, going to lie to us? Just have to wait and see. <laughs> oh, I could, I could sweet! <laughs> yeah, well, that there, that that's there. You know that. I think he's even done a a T-Mobile commercial. Have you seen the low T-Mobile? hanging fruit? Low hanging yeah. fruit. Sorry. Have you seen the T-Mobile commercial where he's <laughs> yeah, on there? I yeah, had. so it's already paying off for him. Uh, so speaking of paying off, let me tell you about the four x four radio network. Uh, it's a the Jeep Talk Show, the four x four podcast, Center Steer, which is Land Rovers, Muddy Microphone, which is uh, ATVs, and now even Trail Chasers uh, has joined the the four x four radio network. Well, we've all joined forces and created this fantastic network. We'll be adding more shows to the lineup soon. You can visit 4x4radionetwork.com and listen to all these great podcasts simply by pressing the play button. There's no better place to get your 4x4 information. That's the 4x4 Radio Network, www.4x4radionetwork.com. All righty, so now let's do this. Uh, Really hadn't heard any feedback on this stuff. Hope hope you guys are enjoy, enjoying this uh, new segment, Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler. Uh, in this episode, we'll be discussing uh, the 1997 to 2001 Jeep Cher- Cherokee, are also known as the XJ. Now, this may apply to the 1984 to 1996 Jeep Cherokee, but I ain't got one, never had one. So all I can do, do is tell you what I've done uh, to my 1998. And well, I do have a 1999 as well, but just haven't modified it as much. As always, verified any information you receive from us before making any modifications to your Jeep. Last week on episode 216, we started this multi-part segment. We covered tow points. This week, we're going to talk about the second recommended modification to your Jeep XJ Cherokee, the Slip Yoke Eliminator. Jeep, in their infinite yet cheap wisdom, <laughs> installed a front drive shaft with a double cardigan. I used to call it card- cardigan, like a sweater, but Josh corrected me. Uh, but in, uh, in the rear, they, uh, put in, I guess what you would call a standard drive shaft. Uh, and, uh, it's not a double carton. Well, what's the big deal? Well, one's cheaper than the other. And, uh, it, it kind of gives you, uh, some, uh, some issues as far as, uh, flexing and, and the, the distance changing between the transfer case and the, uh, the rear end. Basically the double, uh, cardigan, uh, sorry, carton allows greater changes in the driveline angle. You know, like when you're off-road. <laughs> As suspension cycles up or down, the distance between the differential and the transfer case changes. To keep the drive shaft from coming apart or breaking the transfer case or rear pinion, the front of the drive shaft goes into the transfer case. Uh, where it goes into the transfer case is allowed to slide in and out or slip. Uh, this is the yoke, hence it's called a slip yoke. You know, I don't actually know why they call that a yoke because uh, I've always known the yoke to be the thing that the 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 u-joint goes into it fits into there but uh, I, I digress to have a vibration free ride the slip yoke drive uh, shaft needs to be at a precise angle basically drawing an imaginary line from the transfer case out like along the shaft there uh, where the yoke enters then compare that to the imaginary to an another imaginary line uh, on the pinion the difference in degrees needs to be uh, about three or four degrees, if memory serves correctly. If not, you are going to feel vibrations as you're going down the road, and they can be severe. One of the issues uh, with a slip yoke uh, drive shaft is vibrations and its limitation on how much suspension travel you can have or flex. To correct these issues, you can buy a kit and convert the rear of the transfer case from a slip yoke to a non-slip. In fact, it will look just like the front of the transfer case when you're done. 
A slip uh, yoke eliminator kit uh, can take two forms, perhaps more, but I only know of two. One's the hack and tap uh, or a new nose cone and machined shorter transfer case shaft. The hack, hack and tap is basically that. You hack off a bit of the shaft, then drill and tap a hole in the center of the transfer case shaft. Uh, you then slide on uh, the, uh, the yoke and bolt it into place. Many people uh, just use another front drive shaft for the hack and tap kits, or you can buy a new drive shaft if you wish. However, these can be very pricey, upwards uh, somewhere between three and $600, which is just insane to me. The second option is replacing the transfer case uh, shaft that has already been drilled and tapped. Uh, this is the direction I went. I bought a kit from Tom Woods. It included the machine shorter transfer case shaft, a new tail cone, and a double carton drive shaft. I had to break apart my NP242 transfer case, remove the main shaft and replace it with the new shaft, and then put everything back together with a new tail cone finally being placed on the end. I then uh, slid the new yoke that they provided into place and put in the bolt. Actually, I put a little uh, blue Loctite on that bolt first. Uh, then um, now uh, finally installing the new Tom Woods drive shaft. Well, I was happy when I was done with that. Although it wasn't that hard and I did not take the, the transfer case out of the Jeep. Uh, actually, I've never had that transfer case uh, unbolted from the, the transmission. Uh, so now you may be wondering, the distance between the transfer case and the rear axle still changes distances. Where is the slip? Well, now it's in the middle of the drive shaft, just like your front drive shaft. What good is this? Well, it allows the drive shaft to slip the slip to be much longer, which means your rear axle can move further without the drive shaft coming out of the transfer case, which can happen if you have a slip yoke uh, drive line. Many people, including myself, install the Slip Yoke Eliminator, SYE, only after they have lifted their Cherokee and suffered through vibrations. <laughs> Sometimes it's just minor, but still frustrating. One thing I'm not certain about, and maybe someone in our audience can help us out with this. Can you install an SYE before the lift, or would the drive shaft be too long? Call into our voicemail line, 530-675-4102, or use the questions comments tabs on the jeeptalkshow.com uh, website and let us know your answer. Other than this potential issue, I cannot think of any reason why installing an SYE is anything but better and more robust modification for your Jeep's driveline. Next episode, well, we're going to be talking about the fun stuff. We'll talk about lifting your Jeep Cherokee. That's where the good stuff is. Oh, that's where yeah. the fun is. That's why nobody does the SYE first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, Tony, I could I could answer your question with almost 100% certainty. If you are sitting at stock and you do a slip yoke eliminator uh, kit and you use a, a factory front drive shaft on uh, from, a, from another Cherokee, mm -hmm. um, unless you are using one of the super short shaft conversion kits, uh, then likely you are going to bottom out that slip on the drive line. That's what uh, I was worried about. And and would it happen during normal driving conditions, like say during a commute? Likely not, unless you are you know heavy acceleration or heavy braking, you probably get away with it. But the moment you go over a speed bump, or you do have a heavy braking situation or a heavy acceleration, um, you're going to be changing the suspension enough to where that drive line is going to is going to start slipping in and out 
And if you don't have enough uh, yolk in there, yeah, you're going to bottom out and bad things are going to happen. So Yeah, enough um, slip, right? Yes, a slip yolk eliminator is 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 rather important after a substantial lift. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that it's best done after you lift your Jeep than done before. Or at the same time. Yes, that's kind of That's kind of the direction I was going because I was looking at it, the situation. If you have vibrations, it's best not to drive it like that very much. Uh, and uh, it may need to be in conjunction uh, with the lift. You know, put in the SYE, install the lift, or do the lift and install the SYE. Just don't be driving it around uh, because the vibrations can be uh, quite bad. I've yes. heard that the 97 through 2001s are more susceptible to the driveline vibrations uh, after lift than the 84 through 96s. I can say that... that I wheel with guys who have a four and a half inch rough country long arm kit with 33s still running a stock driveline setup, mm-hmm. meaning meaning no SYE right, and no driveline vibrations either. Well, you can adjust the pinion angle on the leaf springs by putting blocks and stuff in there. So the you shims, you, yeah, yeah, the yeah, angle shims can. and stuff like that. And, and yeah, to a certain extent, you can sort of correct some of those driveline angles uh, or driveline vibrations with that, but yeah. Well, you're only going to correct them uh, where it, the the suspension isn't uh, is not it, like on the road surface where you're not right. cycling the the and, and then when you're off road, you're really not going to have those vibrations because you're generally not moving very fast. So right. so you can shim it and get the proper drive line angle uh, for the non double carden uh, the slip yoke uh, type uh, configuration. But I think the other gives you a lot more articulation without any binding which you might get into with the other that one. is correct okay all right well look we'll uh, talk about the uh, the lift and uh, uh next uh, next week and probably tires the week after that so it's getting exciting i wish it was me getting the tires and the lift <laughs> all in due time patience right that's right that's right um, you know, we love hearing from all of you, so be sure to call our voicemail, like Tony just mentioned, at 530-675-4102, or you can jump over to the website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Click on the Send Questions Comments button on the right-hand side of the screen. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, this is Joliet Johnny. I, uh, calling in with the Jeep tip this time. Uh, when you replace your water pump, you might get a gasket that comes with it. Probably not the best gasket to use. Just buy a quality gasket. Uh, don't want to do the job twice, but don't waste the gasket. Just throw it in your glove box. It takes up no space. And I, have no idea why you take your water pump off on the trail, but might be a good idea to have a second gasket laying around and throw a thermostat gasket in there too. They're both flat. All right, that's all I got. Oh, I was going to say you were you misplaced the gasket, didn't you? But it was actually O rings, those three O rings. Yeah, it was. Uh, it snuck was those three O rings, which I did find like <laughs> almost a full year later. Um, but, but yeah, the, nonetheless. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just kind of uh, do a quick little follow up on that little piece of advice. If you don't have a gasket and for some reason like, you know, like Juliet said, uh you have to do a water pump or a, a thermostat gasket swap on the trail, 
you know, RTV works in a pinch. It will probably get you down off the trail and it might even get you home, but uh, it's not a, an absolute uh, uh, a re- reliable solution. So uh, best solution, yeah, carry those extra gaskets with you, but in a pinch, a little bit of RTV will work as well. Uh, I will mention this. Uh, be careful about not using a gasket on the water pump because the 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 spinner on the, the impeller, I guess you would say, is pretty close to the number one cylinder and can score the outside of that cylinder. Ooh, making a weak point, which uh, could cause some problems if you overheat. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think it gets into it that far, but if you can keep it from making contact to the number one cylinder, yeah, that- it's better than the other way. So uh, it, it might even be good. Uh, I use a gasket and uh, RTV whenever I do mine. Alrighty, well, let's get over to uh, John. Uh, you know him as Pre-Runner 1982 that does a lot of our uh, radio contact segments. Joshy, Joshy, Joshy. <laughs> Going to Hawaii and taking the girlfriend with you. <laughs> now, you know, if you don't propose while you're in Hawaii, oh, you're going to be in trouble <laughs> and probably end up sleeping in the garage for a while. Of course, then you'd have an excuse to work on the Jeep. But unless you're ready for that... If it was me, I spend that tax return on Jeep parts. <laughs> just, just go straight to what's going to happen anyway. I think right. is what he's Self-fulfilling saying. Self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. It's <laughs> thanks, John. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, I knew you would l- just really appreciate that. Uh, that <laughs> Good times. Right? No, honey, you Good don't want to. You don't want to listen to two seventeen. It's horrible. Tony was absolutely horrible <laughs> at. Just skip that. One. We had just, technical I, difficulties. I think his you know, blood all. sugar was low, and he just. You don't want to listen to it, honey. <laughs> Let's hear from Nate. Hello, Jeep Talk Show. Uh, this is Nate calling back. I wanted to follow up. You guys played my message on your talk show, uh, oh, episode 214, I think it was. Uh, I had called in and rambled on about uh, YJ transmissions and water in the transmission and pushing the cost and whatnot. Uh, whatever. I wanted to, uh, first of all, thank you guys for your stance on external websites. Uh, I've been slapped down on more than one occasion simply for doing something as easy as link to an article on my own site. So I wanted to follow up and let you guys know uh, who I am. Uh, I'm Nate. I'm with swbcrawler.com. Uh, it's a Jeep uh, tech site, blog, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I have a couple of Paracord products uh, that I sell. I even tried my own hand at a, a podcast for a little while. That didn't work. Uh, but, uh, you know, whatever. I just wanted to follow up and... You know, thank you guys for doing a good job. Thank you guys for your nice open stance on things. Um, also, a comment, chicken pot pies are yummy with two crusts. <laughs> yes. And uh, also, um, well, I guess that's it. I'll let you guys go. Thanks. Uh, keep up the good work. Bye. Yeah, more than happy to have you guys uh, uh, throughout the uh, forums that you may be a part of or you're interested in or uh, whatever. Uh, we There's no problem with that whatsoever. That's what Nate was talking about. He uh he he mentioned his forum, but he didn't say the uh, the website information, and uh, that's why we were encouraging everybody that calls in that if you you have something that you're trying to uh, uh, to push, uh, don't worry about it. Uh, say it away, and uh, we always have the option of not playing it, so don't worry about it. Uh, we we play all the ones that we get. Uh, it's not our intention to keep you from uh, advertising your stuff, uh, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll want to advertise with us for real with money and stuff in the future or product or whatever so anyway uh more than happy to uh to to share that 
Love the chicken pot pie comment. I, I could mm-hmm. use a chicken pot pie right now. Just have some on my face while we're doing the show. It'd be great. All right, so we we have one more from John. Are you ready, Josh? Okay. <laughs> what do you call a bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to remember that one for Ben tomorrow morning. I'm going to tell you something. I edited that because there was literally a 45-second pause. Oh. Crap, I forgot the punchline. Got to look it up real quick. (laughs) I think he went and uh, made made himself a chicken pot pie in the microwave or something. (laughs) Oh, good times, John. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. That's great. Funny stuff. Love those dad jokes. As I've been informed, they're all... They're all dad jokes. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. (laughs) Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, come on, people. We want to hear from you. Call our voicemail or use our speak pipe, that send questions and comments button on our website, and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. Uh... We don't care if it's accurate. It can be funny. It can be or made uh, up. It can be made up. Uh, we can bleep yeah. things, even if we don't need to. Uh, it's kind of like the Jimmy Kimmel thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, call That's into right. our voicemail, our catch-all voicemail five three zero six seven five four one zero two, and as I mentioned, click on that send questions and comments uh, uh, tab, and then record straight from your iPad, your iPhone, your Android, uh, uh, or PC, anything that has a microphone, really. Uh, and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show. And hey, what do all of those devices all have in common? They have the Buttons, ability screens. to go. They have the ability to go to YouTube. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they can go to YouTube, and they have the ability to help. Uh, will help you subscribe to our show. We encourage you guys to do that. All you have to do is just head over to youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Hit that subscribe button and you guys are never going to miss another release, whether it be an interview, whether it be uh, a show we're actually doing, which we broadcast live every weekday or every week uh, Thursday, 10 p.m. Central. Boy, could you imagine an everyday show? That would be intense. But guys, no, uh, we do have uh, a lot of the show archive there for your guys' viewing pleasure, as well as a bunch of other stuff, constantly releasing content. So be sure to head over to our YouTube page. Once again, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show and subscribe and please tell a friend. Okay, folks, now something we all look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. Just want to give you an update on uh, Sir Craps a lot. I said oh, last week he his needed dog. his anal gland expressed, and I didn't know how to do it. I, I decided to take Ta- Tammy's advice and uh, contract it out. Thank so God. I put an ad on Craigslist, and I got a lot of response. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Some of them for free. <laughs> but uh, Wendy feels that it's something that the professional should do. Smart woman. And so she checked around, and our dog groomer can do it. But I don't know about that. Do you, do you want your barber 
to give you a colonoscopy. That just doesn't seem like that's in the required training. Where would the scissors be? But, uh, a friend of mine told me that that's the reason why dogs scooch their butt on the carpet. Yes, it is. And we don't have carpeting in our house. We have hardwood floors. So that's probably why he has a problem to begin with. But a neighbor was throwing out some carpeting. I grabbed a piece of it. I had it on the back deck. And I'm trying to show the dog how to scooch his butt <laughs> on a piece of carpeting. And I look up, and my daughter is looking out her bedroom window at me. <laughs> and we kind of lock eyes, and then she slowly closes the blind. Yeah, yeah. It's not the first yep, time. I guess it's a dad thing. <laughs> She'll have stories to tell her kids. All right, guys, I'll uh, catch you later, and you have a good one. Bye. It, it'll all be in the tell-all book. <laughs> I, I have way too vivid of an imagination for this. <laughs> yeah. And Nikki G, yes, that's what dog groomers are. That's part of their job. Oh, God. Oh, the horror. Yes. Ah, okay. Are y'all ready for the next Nikki G? I don't know. Brace know. yourself. <laughs> hey, this is Nikki G, and I'm going to submit my entry for Where Do You Listen to the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, and yeah. uh, reading the part of Josh, I've got Wendy to help me out. So I've just turned to page 42 in your script, and... Uh, Wow. Fire at will. Where do you listen to the Jeep talk show? Get out of my face, yo. What did you just say? <laughs> Nothing, dear. Can I still have ice cream? <laughs> That's cute. Oh, gee, that was uh, that was windy. So Get there you go. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh, you know, last week I called in and asked some advice on how to test a speaker. And uh, Josh and Tony, you guys gave me some excellent advice. <laughs> and I'm proud to say that I didn't use any of uh-huh. it. <laughs> I knew it, it turned out, uh, talking to my friend, he replaced the lights in his dash with uh, LED bulbs. And so we decided to start at the dashboard and see what happened. And sure enough, when we pulled the uh, stereo out, he installed it using the tape and twist, or the oh. twist and tape, however you prefer, method. And when he was in there, in his dashboard, he pulled a wire loose. So uh, we retwisted and retaped it, and everything's kosher in the world. And that's about it. All right, gentlemen, I will chat you later. Yeah, I don't I like know about the ending. twist and tape. We've all done it before. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I was going to say, twist and tape is fine. You just have to make uh, do a really good job with it. And uh, and then you have to, you will can have problems like what happened. I'm sorry, Tony. I'm going to have to disagree with you. Well, you, you can, but I've run stuff like that for years and never had an issue. Some people may, again, you, you really have to do your due diligence with that and, and really do a really good job. I, I It's not something that I would ever do um and and the big reason for that is because electrical tape can break down it can get brittle it can break it can even slip and uh and so it's just you know one of those things where you know do you you risk it or do you just go get some crimpers and some butt connectors and well i mean i'll just say that's why i don't use black tape because it will break down over time i always use scotch tape tony I, I'm offending Josh on a professional <laughs> level. He is. I too. use that I'm blue just to my core. <laughs> what is it? Blo- I use the blue painter's tape. Excellent. It'll come off very easy. It, it will. That's that's not a tape. <laughs> <laughs> <These> people. 
<laughs> You're such a snob, Josh. I know, I know. It's horrible. <laughs> I can't help it. All right, let's just get our last Nikki G in here for the week. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I got a question about wheel bearings. Uh, I'm starting to get a little growling coming from the front of the Jeep. I suspect it might be the wheel bearings. Expressing anal glands. And uh, I didn't really mess with the bearings on the Jeep before. I, I took a, I think I took it off. Yeah, I had to take it off when I did the uh, ball joint. I'm thinking it's a one-piece thing that can't be serviced, not like uh, right. uh, wheel bearings on a spindle like on the, my Ford Ranger, which is about the second best vehicle ever invented. But uh, something about checking into it. So uh, my question is, if money doesn't grow on trees, then why do banks have branches? Yeah, <laughs> I'm back, I'm baby. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll catch you later. You have a good one. Bye. Well, money is partially paper, so it kind of does grow on trees, right? Um, yeah, wheel bearing assembly on the, the front. It is a single piece unit, and uh, you remove three bolts uh, from the uh, the knuckle, and it comes off. And uh, you replace with another one. Uh, and I highly recommend the Timken uh, bearings. And uh, you need to be really careful with how much backspace. Now, I don't think I think Nikki G's is just stock, so you probably don't have to worry about this. But you you guys need to be really ca- careful with how much backspace uh, you have on your wheels because if you get too much wheel sticking out there, you're putting a lot more pressure, especially with the larger tires, you're putting a lot more uh, pressure torque actually on the the wheel bearing assembly. And uh, they won't last as long. So um, be careful with how much bake space you're using. I think mine is, I, I run a 10 by 15 inch wheel and with a uh, 3 and 3 quarter inch backspace, 33 uh, by 12 and a half tires. So, uh, and mine seem to be holding up okay. I think I'm on my second set of bearings. Uh, and it is uh, 98. So obviously the, the first set lasted a lot longer, but it was mostly stock tires. Mm. Anyway, that's it for our Nikki, uh, this, uh, the, from the mind of Nikki G. I'm so confused. This has been from the mind of Nikki G. Well, ordinarily, we'd have some reviews to share with you guys. Uh, no reviews to speak of tonight, do we, Tony? No, just that one that I, I told you about that I didn't uh, put into the show notes. There was an interesting uh, old post. I think it was one actually you had replied to because uh, people were looking for podcasts to listen to. And uh, somebody had come in there. I think it was like uh, last se- September and said uh, we had uh, a good podcast. It was uh, full of tech and uh, humor. And he said, well, sometimes good humor. Yeah. Ha ha ha! ha. <laughs> so I knew what he was talking about. Anybody that listens to the show, them all. yeah. If anybody <laughs> listens to the show, know knows what he's talking about. All the dad jokes. But uh, well, uh, the site that Tony was referring to possibly was could have been xjtalk.com or could have been wranglertalk. It was actually Wrangler sister site. Yeah, it was no, it was actually Wrangler forum uh, where they were oh, making this comment. So it was uh, uncharted territory for us. I did hear from uh, one of our XJ Talk members. And uh, it was interesting. He said that he made the mistake of going to a forum that wasn't xjtalk.com. And uh, he posted some stuff, and he had about 300 replies from moderators and members telling him to go to hell, uh, eat blank, and suck their blank. Well, now. Was exactly what he said. And he says he will never stray from xjtalk again. (laughs) 
<laughs> That'll <laughs> learn you. <laughs> Uh, my response was uh, LOL, and I cannot understand why on God's green earth anybody would have a forum that discouraged people from posting. Yeah, it's more of a more of a club at that point than a forum, and uh, becomes a good old boys club if you know what I mean. Yep, and that's one of the one of the things that uh, really the only rule that we have is respect for the fellow members at xgtalk.com or wranglertalk.com. And I just want to thank everybody. You guys are joining xgtalk.com and wranglertalk.com in record numbers. Many of hey, that's you, great. Yeah, many of you are saying, hey, I heard about it on the podcast. So thank you very much for taking the time. Love that. Yeah, thinking, uh, for taking the time and going over there and registering on the site. And listen, if you have any problems with the reg- registration process, because we do have some hoops and hurdles that you got to jump through because of the spammers, you know, the automatic yeah. bots that go in there and try to create fake accounts. If you have any problems whatsoever uh, jumping through those hoops, uh, please go down to the bottom of the, either one of the xjtalk.com or wranglertalk.com pages. You'll see contact us, send an email, and we'll figure out what the problem is and get you registered because it's very important to us to have you on there sharing your pictures, sharing your stories, and asking your questions. XJTalk, I'm sorry? A funny pre, um, John Prerunner posted um, on a Jeep forum and somebody brought it to my attention. I'm not on that forum. But they go, is this your talk show? Because he posted on there, hey, you know, they're looking for people to do stuff on the Renegade. Mm-hmm. And the administrator just kind of jumped down his throat. And so I've signed up for this forum. I'm uh-huh. waiting for my approval so I can jump down <laughs> the administrator's throat saying, wait a minute here. That's and great. And <laughs> plus, the administra- one of the questions was when you sign up for it is, so they know that you're not a bot. They always have those like yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what is the name, the initials for a four-door Wrangler? So I kept typing in JKU, and it like kept messing up. So I'm like, you know what? This idiot doesn't know that a four-door <laughs> Wrangler is a JKU. So I typed in JK, and it went through. Yeah. So I'm also going to mention, hey, by the way, get your you know questions correct. A Jeep Wrangler four-door is a JKU, not a JK. Anyway, Tammy, that was my rant for Tammy, today. I think you'd be a lot of fun to pick on because you, you won't always want to fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, sometimes my feelings get hurt a little bit too easily. Yeah, well, that's part of the fun. Yeah, um, I know. So anyway, uh, go over to xgtalk.com or wranglertalk.com and join today. Actually, you can do it while listening to the show. I always want the last word. Last word, freak. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yep. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G Mama. So, you know, the past couple of shows, we've been talking about a new podcast on the 4x4 Radio Network, and that's the Trail Chasers podcast. Now, Cody, who does the Grand Adventure segment with us here on the Jeep Talk Show, is the host of this new podcast. And I'm excited to announce that I was his first guest on episode one. And episode one is up for your listening pleasure at trailchasers.net. So what is his podcast all about, you may ask? Well, if you're on social media, specifically in the off-road community or the Jeep community, you know, you touch base with a lot of different Jeepers and off-roaders each and every day through your likes and your tweets and your pictures, et cetera. 
you know, but we really don't know a lot about each other. So the Trail Chasers podcast is a chance for us to get to know each other a little better by sharing our wheeling stories, our vehicle stories, our Jeep adventures, and our Jeep journeys. So like Cody mentioned in this podcast, I was his guinea pig for this first episode. And here's a few of the clips from Cody's interview with me. And social media is kind of been that snowball is what started that snowball because I started mm-hmm. my blog and then everyone's like, well, you need to get on all these social media sites. And, and it was actually Instagram where I met a bunch of Jeepers who were off-roaders who, you know, I saw their videos and their pictures and I'm like, God, that's really cool. I want to do that. And <laughs> so, you know, it, it kind of all snowballed with social media. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you said, uh, you said that the blog was about your journey. And I think that's one of the most compelling things about you and your story is that, is that it is a journey. And for a lot of us that started off-roading when we were younger, uh, there's no way for us to go back to those days, those first time you got stuck and the first time you made a mistake with the mod, all that stuff, which is like the best stories. And we get to experience all of those great stories with you as you do it. So I appreciate your willingness to put yourself out there like that. And I'm like, well, what is this Rubicon? And he's like, oh, if you want to go off-roading, I'm like, oh, oh stop there. I'm never going to go off-roading, so don't <laughs> worry about that. You know, and, and here I am in a Rubicon. Okay, so if, if you didn't have the Jeep Rubicon, what would your dream off-road vehicle be? Cherokee. Oh, hmm. If you could go anywhere with your Jeep, where would you want to take it to go wheeling? Um, so when you go out wheeling, who do you take with you? Um, me, myself, and I. <laughs> so, you know, I had a really great time chatting with Cody. And at one point, I felt like I was on the game show Family Feud. There's a specific um, part in the podcast where you'll have to listen and um, check that out. And it's a new, it's the newest podcast on the 4x4 radio network. And Don't forget to follow me on my Jeep journey at my blog at jeepmama.com. And just to let you know, all the answers to those questions you just heard are on that podcast. So after you're finished listening to the Jeep Talk Show, hop on over and listen to Trail Chasers, the Trail Chasers podcast. Yeah, I always want to say trailchasers.net. I know. it's Trailchasers.net is the website, Mm -hmm. and it's the Trail Chasers podcast. You can also get to the podcast from their website as well. That, that's exactly what I was going to ask. I figured you yep. pro- probably could, but I figured it'd be a good question to let everybody know. You can go to trailchasers.net and then uh, uh, listen to the podcast from there or take a link from there to so you can listen right. to the podcast. One right. of the two, I'm sure you'll be able to get there somehow, some way. Yes. I had a really good time. Cody and I, we laughed quite a bit, so it was fun. Yeah, Cody's a good guy. Good guy. All the best of luck on the uh, podcast, so... Add that to and, your repertoire of podcasts that you must listen to, guys. And Tony and Josh, you guys should um, be one of the episodes so people can get to know you a little better since, you know. Uh, I think they well, will know Josh better than me. Yeah. They we, already we, know I, too much about me. Good Lord. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's got enough, uh, enough, of enough the time for the enough bandwidth. Tape. That, that would be a long, long interview. <laughs> It's all good until Josh says, look, man, I'm going to be talking. Don't interrupt me. Right. I'm going to go on a rampage. <laughs> I got lungs like a dolphin. <laughs> all righty. Well, it's, uh, speaking of dolphin lungs, I think that's in our uh, tech, tech, tech talk with Jeep Talk tonight. 
You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I can... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Wait Talk. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, if you've always wondered how to get dolphin lungs into the <laughs> intake system of your Jeep, well, stay tuned. We're going to tell you just how to do that. Never. No, I'm kidding, guys. Um, actually, this uh, this Tech Talk uh, with Jeep Talk is about the long debate of long arm versus short arm. And is that it? We've had several segments over the years address the question of which setup is right for me or for you. In that case, long arms or short arms? Are there other choices? I didn't know my Jeep had arms. We're talking about control <laughs> arms here, folks. And these are the armatures that extend from the body of the Jeep to the axle. They serve a very important function of keeping the axle under your Jeep, right where it belongs, and allow it to cycle up and down while keeping the pinion and the drive line pointed in the right direction. I don't care who you talk to, everyone's got an opinion about suspension. Honestly, when you boil it all down, there is no this is better than that, or this flex is better than that, or nor is it a matter of brand either. There are some rules and there are a few exceptions, but the best we can do for anyone is to educate them the best we can and allow them to make their own educated decision. Let me put it this way. Do you want somebody else telling you what underwear to wear? No, I didn't think so. So why would you let someone else who doesn't own, drive, wheel, or even wash your Jeep decide what's going to go under it for you either? And the suspension is one of those areas on a Jeep where money can disappear awfully fast. So this is where we come to our first point. If money's no object, then let the checks fly and get whatever your little heart desires. You can afford to let the, to learn the hard way, what works, what doesn't, and how things perform. You've got the pocketbook to do so. But if you're like the majority of us, you want to make sure your hard-earned dollars are getting just what you want, and more importantly, what you need, without having to learn the hard way, and that brings me to, our, to my next point. What do you really need out of the suspension in your Jeep? Well, if you're like me, you spend a lot of time on the rocks. So articulation, strength, and clearance are big factors. I know what performs and how. I know the reliability of a lot of brands, types of suspension systems, and their weak and strong points. But that comes with years of seat time, countless hours under many, many Jeeps, and a lot of boring research. But what if you're new to Jeeping, don't know that much about suspension geometry or how things work? Well, then that's just fine, too. Thankfully, it's not that hard to get pointed in the right direction. And that brings me to one of the, bring me brings me to one of the most important questions that needs answered when deciding what type of lift you're going with. Because at this point, let's face it, you already know how tall of a lift you're going with, which is likely driven by what size tires you're going to be going or we're going to be running. And this was decided on in part because you have a pretty good idea of the kind of terrain and the type of wheeling you're going to see most. See those key things right there is what's going to set everything else up. If your Jeep is never going to see 33s, then it's likely a short arm kit is going to be what's best for you. The lift heights that are associated with this size of uh, with this size of tire work well with short arm kits. They're almost always stronger than the stock. They can be upgraded with adjustable arms over fixed length. And even if you do expand from there, step your lift up and get some larger tires down the road. Well, a built a well built short arm kit can grow and perform very well with drop brackets. Why would you need those? What are drop brackets? Well, as you lift the rig higher and higher, the distance from the body to the axle increases, and as does the angle of the control arms. The steeper the angle, the more the shock, impact, and vibration will be felt from the control arms and, of course, you. As the control arms increase angle, they start absorbing all the energy from the terrain you're driving over instead of the shocks and springs doing so. So with the control arm angle low or closer to stock, the shocks and the springs can do most of the work absorbing a hard ride. Let's say you only see some sand, some occasional logging trails, and maybe some mountain snow. 
or maybe just the concrete jungle of your commute. Well, then this sort of kit will likely be right for you as well. With this sort of wheeling, articulation isn't a make-it-or-break-it sort of thing. And like I said earlier, this kind of kit can grow with you with the addition of drop brackets. These drop the mounting point of the control arm at the body to a lower position, thus reducing the angle of the control arms. And trust me, with the right setup, a short arm, a short arm kit with drop brackets can flex amazingly well. And if you doubt strength at all, well, there's several guys that have been running this type of setup in the King of the Hammers race for years. But if you're like me or running 33-inch tires, 35s, or even 37s or bigger and spend a lot of your time off-road, a lot of your off-road time on more difficult trails and trading paint and mineral deposits with the rocks, then likely a long-arm kit will work for you best. Long arms can handle those kinds of suspension geometry that come with the bigger lifts. They come in a variety of configurations from 3-link, true 4-link, or even radius arm. Unless you know just how these systems perform, how they work, and the weak points of each of them, and trust me, there's a lot in each category, then it might all just be Greek to you. So let me say this. We could probably spend an entire episode just going over the high and low points of each different long-arm setup, and we might do that one of these days. But at the end of the day, only you are going to know what will end up being the right fit for your Jeep, because let's face it, you're the one who's got to drive it, you're the one who's got to wheel it, and only you know what kind of terrain it's going to face. But wait, is that it? Long or short, nothing else? Well, if you're handy with a welder, you can, can work a four-link calculator and have a fair amount of time on your hands, you can build a mid-arm kit, sort of the bastard stepchild of, uh, uh, that nobody really talks about. It brings the best of both worlds together in one nice little custom package. That's just it. It's custom. You're not likely going to find many aftermarket off-the-shelf systems like this. So, again, the, uh, this option is best left for the fabricators out there. So just how do you decide? Well, educate yourself by getting the consensus of the people out there that have ran these systems and learn what they're saying. Everyone is going to have a different opinion, and what works for your neighbor's rig might not be the best for your rig. In the end, you'll be better off. Your money will be better spent, and your Jeep is going to perform just how you want it. And as always, if you have a question about a specific product or Jeep part, you guys can always let us know by sending us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. We'll address it on the air. Hope this has cleared up some of the confusion about short arms and long arms and what might be best for you. Guys, in the long run, I would definitely suggest talking with the technicians over salesmen. The technicians are going to be able to talk with you on a level that you're going to be able to respect more than a salesman who's trying to make commission. Trust me, <laughs> if it comes down to talking with a tech over a sales guy, I will always take a conversation with a tech because I know I'm going to get more out of it. I know that the information I'm going to get is going to be reliable as well. Yeah, you got to be careful, even with the techs, because the the techs are uh, sometimes uh, trying to sell you uh, sell your product as well. Uh, maybe if it's tech from somebody else or a nice website like like xjtalk.com or wranglertalk.com, uh, where none of us uh, care anything about how much money you spend. We just like to help you spend it. Uh, it's, there you go. It's like uh, it's got kind of like pseudo Christmas. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I've I've heard from. Uh, Iron Man Andy and uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ that short arms are the way to go. So, uh, you know, and Andy sells long arms. So, uh, I don't know. I think long arms will be a lot of fun. And I, I sure like the idea of the body staying nice and flat and the wheels down uh, six feet <laughs> in a crevasse. <laughs> yeah. And you're just sitting there driving along. It's just uh, something appealing about that to me. But uh, I've used the, uh, the short arms and the drop brackets for now. And uh, we'll see how that uh, progresses in the future. I got to get some more time off road before I can uh, make a good decision uh, one way or another. Uh, also, too, I, I thought I'd mention if you have an opportunity to, opportunity to ride or even drive uh, a vehicle like yours 
with a different kind of suspension, like Tammy did with uh, the Clayton Off-Road uh, JK. Was it a JK or JKU that you you drove? Uh, JKU, four-door. So there you are with a, a almost exact same vehicle that, uh, that you know, Tammy owns a, a JKU, and she was driving one with the Clayton Long Arms, and of course now she wants a Clayton Long Arm because of the way it felt and handled all the terrain. So uh, if you can do that, if you can talk a buddy into letting you drive this vehicle, or at least riding along, it'll uh, take you a lot uh uh, longer uh, down the road of uh, getting uh, the right suspension uh, lift for you. So let's jump over to uh, something that, and if you're keeping score at home, uh, the product review was actually scheduled for last week, but we didn't have one, but we have one but this Josh week. Josh screwed up. <laughs> no, it was me. I messed up. Well, let me throw my hat in there. It, I didn't but, screw up at all. I'm the gosh. one that actually pointed it out. <laughs> Running the perfect ship over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, after editing and post, it does sound perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's talk about uh, Jeep Mama's product review. Tammy, take it away. And, and this is this is just a small little product. It was actually one of the first things. Um, actually, my husband bought it for me when I first got my first Jeep because the spare tire is um, – outside in the back of the jeep and it's a jeep and jeep tires and anyway it's the it's a genuine jeep accessory it's a one-piece wheel lock kit and it's um 39.95 you can get it on amazon and it fits there's different ones for different jeeps and different wheels um so just search around for your specific jeep anyway it's um the locking lug nuts and there's five of them they're chrome-plated locking lug nuts, and the fifth one is obviously for the um, exterior-mounted spare tire. And anyway, I have them on mine, and I like it because I feel safe that no one's going to steal my tires. Um, obviously, because someone stole one of my shackles one time, why not <laughs> steal my tire? So anyway, the pros is your wheels and your tires are safe. The con is... Um, you could lose the key to unlock these locking lug nuts and then you're, you're just SOL and, or you leave the key at home and you're out on the trails and you need to change your tires. Um, again, you're SOL. So anyway, that was just a short little quick product review, but we did get an email, um, yesterday from Chris from CPO from Jeep's needs. He was the one who showed us the DLA and he was telling us about this really cool air compressor he bought. And come to find out, Josh has the same air compressor. So, Josh, you want to tell us about it? Sure, absolutely. Now, Chris emailed us, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and uh, say the email, the, uh, read the email that he sent us. He says, I know you probably have a lot of listeners that are just like me, looking for a good deal on things that normally cost quite a bit of money. That pretty much explains all of us, doesn't it? All of the feedback I have gotten since posting this video is very positive. Now, I know a few people that also have the same compressor. He's talking about a video that he posted about this compressor. And they are reporting good things. Maybe worth sharing. I think the Pet Boy sale ends really, really soon, though. Maybe even today or tomorrow. I can't look it up at the moment. And what he's referring to is the Masterflow Tsunami, or the MF1050. It's a 12-volt portable high-volume air compressor. And I've been singing the praises of this compressor for years. Now, I've had mine for the better part of about, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Now, this thing is kind of heavy. It's got, it's got some good uh, heft to it. I swear by this thing. Um, I don't take the Jeep out without this compressor. That's because typically I, I air down and I'd like to air back up under my own power. 
Um, the only bad thing I got to say about this is these little clips right here on the case that it comes in don't really last all that well. Outside of that, there is nothing that I can say bad about this compressor. Even the case and the zipper and everything has lasted for years through a lot of trail use and, and a lot of work. Now, this air compressor has seen a lot of miles and a lot of, um, a, a lot of, um, a lot of minutes used, I should say. The one, the, the one thing I will say about the functionality of this compressor is the gauge that it comes with is not accurate. In fact, um, I, I wheel with another guy who has one of these things who he's done some very creative mods to it. And uh, one of those things is replacing this gauge uh, and also replacing the air coupling uh, with a female versus like this one male, uh, enabling him to use um, some, different, uh, some different air hose and different air fittings. Um, this one uh, comes with the alligator clips, hooks up right up to the battery, plenty of length to get this thing around along with the air hose to any of your four tires. I've used this to air up three vehicles in a row. Yes, it will get hot. It has never thermaled on me once. Uh, and, and I can say this thing will air up your 33-12-50s from about 10 pounds to about 32 pounds in about two and a half minutes to five minutes apiece, uh, depending on air condition or uh, air temperature and, uh, and how long you've been running it for. I swear by this compressor. Um, right now, it is for sale at Pet Boys for about $59. I got mine, oddly enough, through a direct shipment to Walmart from their online store for the same price. I spent 60 bucks on this air compressor, and it has lasted me for years and years and years, and I will absolutely love it. I would highly recommend this air compressor. Chris, I hope you have the same kind of results from yours, and hopefully um, you uh, have many years of experience with our many years of use out of it. And you know what, Josh, when you were talking about the the gauge... Yeah. Um, Chris, just five hours ago, posted on Facebook, pimped my air compressor with a 60 PSI AccuGauge. Much better fidelity and getting precise measurements with a much more accurate gauge to boot. It was worth the 10 extra dollars to me as the gauge is one of the most important things when oh, yeah. airing up and down. Now, see, I always carry a, uh, uh, an, an actual air gauge with me um, because even if you, you, know, you spend good money on a gauge, I like to have a gauge on a compressor just as a baseline measurement. Mm -hmm. but it's always a good idea to check it with an actual tire gauge uh, after you, you know, kind of get in the ballpark. You want those tires to be uh, even all the way around. Well, well, you know, with a black mark, uh, uh, what do you call those things? Not marks a lot. Um, Sharpie? Yeah, with a black Sharpie, you could, uh, once you hit the 30 or 32, whatever you normally fill your tires up to, just put a black line on the on the gauge, and now you know exactly where it's supposed to be. I know so. that this one, this gauge right here, is almost right on the money to ten pounds shy uh, of where it's supposed <laughs> wow, to be. So that's I, way I, off. I, yeah, no, I, like I said, not a very reliable gauge. But we're not, you know, the gauge is not the function of this thing. This thing is is an air compressor. It's not right. a tire gauge. So you know, really. If you have a good tire gauge with you, that's all you need. Heck, you can get one at Harbor Freight for like two bucks. Eh? You know, it's I've, you know, enough. I've seen I've seen that model, I believe, years ago, and it always scored uh, very high marks with everybody. It was like the one to get. Uh, it looks just like the one uh, that I saw. Yeah, Master Flow. That does sound familiar. So uh, yeah, and I was just going to mention really quick: uh, alligator clips over um, cigarette lighter plug alligator clips because going Absolutely. straight to the battery is going to give you uh, more current than what you're going to get from that cigarette lighter and yes even could blow a fuse or even start a fire going uh, well, for a long are time 
The cigarette lighter fuse is, you know, 10 or 15 amps. Um, and, and this thing is probably drawing that or more, mm -hmm. uh, just a direct connection straight to it. It even has its own inline fuse for protection. Um, it has a nice a weatherproof switch on the backside of this thing. Really, oh yeah, and a filter for the intake, which you could relocate. You could yeah. hard mount this thing, make it part of an onboard air system, which is one of the things I had planned on doing years ago. Just never got around to it. So, I mean, these things are really 60 bucks worth every dang cent. Yeah, when you need to air up a tire, that's uh, absolutely correct. All righty, well, great information. Let's get over to our uh, campfire side chat. Howdy, folks. Um, hey, so, hey. is it still cold enough for a uh, campfire where you guys are? You We're know, supposed it's to get snow tonight. Bit nice this week. Yeah, oh, it's been mild snow. here. I, I can't complain. Been a little chilly in the mornings, uh, but then by afternoon we've had uh, you know high fifties, low sixties, and sunshine. So I can't complain one bit. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been warmish. Uh, it's not quite warm enough to turn the air conditioner on uh, during the day, but it gets gets a little stuffy towards three o'clock uh, in the afternoon here. So, uh, really, the only thing I have to report is um, I, I now know that the uh, charger, battery charger that I have, will automatically shut off because I left it charging my, my uh, red top battery. And then it was like uh, almost 24 hours later that I went, oh, crap, and went out there and checked. And the, uh, the, the charger said 100%, and the little lights for the 2, 8, and 12 amp. Uh, chargings were all off. It was just sitting there telling me that it was charged. Oh, very good. So uh, good. I may have known that at some point in the past, but uh, I've had that for a number of years, and uh, it was uh, so it shuts off. And I was afraid that I had cooked my $150 battery down or something. So that uh, that wasn't a case. It's been charged, and uh, we uh, I've even driven the Jeep a little bit and haven't had any issues. Um, the other thing I did was I uh, did oil changes on the uh, the 98 uh, XJ and the uh, 2003 TJ. Um, Susie and I had uh, some plans uh, last week, hopefully, but it didn't work out uh, to just kind of take off into um, central south Texas, go visit some little towns, maybe find a good barbecue uh, place, Ooh. you know, a little out back, highly rated uh, hole-in-the-wall barbecue place and uh, – uh, have Love some those. barbecue and uh, just kind of not the not be on the highways. It's kind of like the back roads where you could just sure. enjoy the scenery and uh, see what things that were going on uh, and a leisurely drive. And actually, uh, if if I think everybody has GPS these days, uh, if not on their phone, uh, if not a dedicated GPS on their phone, uh, I'll just mention that uh, having a a, GP, a dedicated GPS is really nice for the driver because the driver doesn't have to pay attention. So much to how far is it going to be before I have to turn? Uh, where am I? Uh, you know, how much time this blah, blah, blah. It l gives you a lot more. <clears throat> it's a lot more enjoyable looking at the countryside, keeping your eyes on the road, of course, but still it's, it's not as, uh, tedious. So, uh, definitely uh, if you don't have a dedicated GPS or if you're, uh, if you can set your phone up where it just, it's charging all the time and displaying where you don't have to, you know, worry about navigation, uh, then uh, I highly recommend it. But you've probably already uh, learned this for yourself. Anyway, uh, so uh, this week is kind of out. We're uh, So we're hoping for next week. But the good thing is uh, I've got uh, upper and lower radiator hoses and a new um, uh, radiator cap uh, to put on the TJ because I figured before we take off 150 miles or so and just tooling around 
might be a good idea to do a couple of things that uh, uh, don't really need to re- need to happen. But as far as things going wrong, those are usually the items that will uh, the small items that will screw you up the most. So I'm going to put a, put some new hoses on there and a radiator cap, and I'm sure we'll be fine. So that's yeah, kind of it for me. I've uh, I, I picked up an extra set of radiator hoses just to have uh, because that's one of those things where you know they're you could run into a situation where there's not enough electrical tape to to bar that leak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, uh, nice to, nice that, to have some spares. You've seen that stuff that feels like skin, haven't you? That uh, will you can actually wrap around. It, it sticks to itself. Oh yeah, no, I've got I've got some of that stuff. I forgot what they call it. Yeah, not I was looking. Tape. It's um, I was looking. Yeah, I know and I it's, have and some it's here. Good to like. 1200 PSI oh, it's, or some it's ridiculous amount. Yeah. yeah. I need to put some of that in all the Jeeps, actually. Yeah, no, I've, I've got a roll of that, a little roll, because the stuff is kind of expensive. You can spend yeah. like 45 bucks on a roll of that stuff, uh, so I just got a little roll of it that will, you know, it'll work good enough for any kind of situation that I run into. Uh, and I've got some of that tape that turns to, you know, it's like JB Weld tape or something like that. It, it like, hardens like steel, so uh, I've got some of that stuff as well that I, that I take around with me and a uh, bunch of that uh, weird MacGyver type fix fix it stuff, you know. <laughs> Extreme tape. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that should be easy to remember. It's a silicone based r- silicone rubber tape. Yeah, and it uh, sticks to itself and and is really uh, and, and has a very high pressure rating and and temperature rating mm-hmm. as well. But uh, yeah, wouldn't you wouldn't want to use it to hold your drive line together? Let's put it that way. <laughs> Did you see that that one where the guy was using duct tape to put his uh, spider gears back together? Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> That would be my husband. He uses duct tape for everything. It probably got him home, too. It might have. It might have. Good Lord. <laughs> well, I, I had a dream. Uh, no, it's, uh, it, it's uh, yeah, we are coming out of Black History Month, but that's not what I'm talking about here, guys. Uh, I, I had a dream for the first time in a long time about my Jeep. Now, I, I'm a pretty vivid dreamer as it is. But uh, but it's been a long time since I've had a wheeling dream or or any kind of a Jeep related dream. Oh, and God. last night, in fact, I, I had a dream that I was driving my Jeep. Uh, except it, it things were not going very well for me. Uh, <laughs> I, everything was all buttoned up. I had I had started up the Jeep for the first time in like almost seven months. Uh, it, it was it was a beautiful thing. I was I was listening to the to the the sound of of no exhaust leak. Uh, it was it was wonderful. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. Things were going really good for a little bit until I went went for my little test drive, uh, and I'm tooling around my neighborhood where I'm, I, I think it's my neighborhood. I honestly have no idea. Uh, I was just driving the Jeep in my dream, and uh, and as I'm driving, I'm you know kind of getting into the gas pedal a little bit, and and the more that I accelerate, the the quieter the Jeep gets. And it's like, well, that's that's not right. I get into it, you know, and it, and it's and it just it gets quieter and quieter. And I'm just like, no, that's that's not that's not right. And so I'm trying to go really, really fast through my through my neighborhood or through a neighborhood or whatever streets I was driving on. And and my Jeep is just getting quieter and quieter. And this is not this is not something that pleases me, uh, in the very <laughs> least. And and so I'm getting frustrated in my dream. And and it's not a very pleasant dream at this point because I'm not enjoying my Jeep. And and it's just, what does it mean? What does it all mean? I, I have no idea. That's uh, that was about the extent of the dream. My dreams are typically very vivid and short as it is, uh, and so what that what that means to me, I think, is is it's time for me to get this thing on the road. Oh yeah, uh, yes. and 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 face those nightmares myself. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, can't wait to get the Jeep back up and running again. I am very close, guys. I got a little bit of tinkering in last um, last weekend. Not as much as I wanted to. Uh, things were cut very short. 
Um, had some um, had some other plans that I forgot I had made that I had to take care of some things. Uh, but uh, that's all right. Uh, ended up getting uh, a lot of um, a lot of exposure for the Jeep Talk Show. I uh, was uh, sort of dragged to this kids convention sort of thing at the Expo Center here in Portland, Oregon, with some friends of the family. Uh, they say, you know, hey, we got these extra passes. I'll buy you lunch. And I was like, okay, you know, I can't turn down a free lunch. Uh, but it was like six and a half hours of nothing but screaming kids and minions. Uh, and so, <laughs> but the, the highlight of it was that I got to walk around with my uh, Jeep Talk Show t-shirt, uh, spreading the word, and uh, I got my picture taken with a stormtrooper, so I can't complain about that. Oh, very cool. That is cool. So that's about all I got, guys. So let me tell you, uh, you know, you mentioned your, your dream and it got me thinking. Uh, maybe you guys can help me out with this. I was driving my Jeep. Everything was normal with the exception I was wearing this balloon hat, you know, like the clowns will make. Oh, yeah. I was wearing this balloon hat and the, uh, the passenger was Richard Simmons. Oh no! This is going downhill quickly. And then when I when I got out of joke? the then when I got out of the jeep, listen, this is this is real good stuff. I want you to figure this out for me. Uh, when I got out of the jeep, it turned out to be the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Yeah, I don't think you could wheel that. So I woke okay, up in a cold. You're driving sweat. around a Wiener Mobile with Richard Simmons. Yes, we're in the balloon hat. I, I don't know what it means, but it was horrible, absolutely horrible. No. Richard Simmons was a delight. He, you know, he always is. But the rest oh, of I'm it. I'm sure Josh's subconscious would have a thing to yeah, do you, to you say about that. You guys need to. That. Tammy says, ate Tammy something. says is, this a, is, a, is this a joke? <laughs> Play along, Tammy. Play along. Uh, you, you obviously <laughs> ate something really bad that night. Well, we had hot dogs. So that might be the, yeah. the explanation. Now, this isn't going to come out right, but uh, here's Josh with a short stormtrooper. Which reminds me of that. It's kind of uh, it's it's it, it's the aspect ratio is not right. Josh is uh, not that wide normally, um, and it reminded me of the, <laughs> it reminded me of the time in uh, uh, the first Star Wars movie where I think it was Princess Leia says, "Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper?" Because that's a short storm stormtrooper. Yeah, so I, I stand about six foot three, guys, and and this guy was probably maybe five ten. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> So yeah, he was he was kind of a short stormtrooper. Well, and that's, I, you know, that's I, I went up to him and there was he was surrounded by a bunch of other a uh, bunch of other people wanting pictures and stuff. So I waited my turn patiently and so and, there was uh, I got up there and, and I was like, hey, uh, real quick, I want a picture. Is that cool? He said, yeah. I was like, can you point to the logo on my shirt and give me a thumbs up? Oh. And he's like, he kind of did that one of these like, let me see it really quick. Let me look at it. He's like, no, I can't. We're not allowed to do that. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, ah, dang it. Okay, fine. Ah. So, so I have to ask, was there no Jar Jar Binks there? No, there wasn't. Now, this wasn't a Comic-Con convention. So there 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 was a uh, a vendor there um and I don't I got a card from him and I didn't Oh, uh, too late studio. now. Show's gone. Show's yeah, on. No, but it's it's something like um <laughs> uh it's it's like the the City in the Clouds garrison or something like that. Oh, okay. And uh, and what they are is uh um a source of costumes. Very oh. very accurate high-end costumes. We're talking starts in the three hundred and fifty dollar range. So costume. this this wasn't a like a a hospital gown where it was open in the back. No, no, no. This this was this is very professionally made, high end replica type of stuff. You know, and, the, I mean, they had they had like an old speeder um, pilot oh, helmet there, nice. which I swear was probably from the original movie, judging by the kind of plastic it was made out of. Um, but uh, the, I mean, just a ton of cool stuff there. Virtually any 
Star Wars character you've ever made, whether they had a talking line or not in any of the movies. They have a dozen different costumes for. Really cool little um, little uh, vendor there at this show. Completely unrelated to everything else. It was kind of awesome. And, of course, the bonus was um, a bunch of stormtroopers walking around, and, and they, had, uh, they were allowing the kids to to shoot a, a trio of them with Nerf guns, which was kind of neat. So well, That's cool. Did you hear anybody saying, pew, 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 pew? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, no pews. <laughs> My kids would have been doing that. Yeah. So, Tammy, what's going on with you? Anything new? Well, for me, I have another new purple accessory. Ooh. However, this one is not on my Jeep. It's is it hair. is it PG thirteen? No, it's in my family hair. friendly. Yeah, it's family friendly. It's in my hair. Oh. I don't know if you can see. Let me switch over to the the full view. Yeah, I can't. I did see. Right I did I'm see a, a post delay. So I did see. Well, that's that's for good reason. Yeah. Uh, I have purple hair. <laughs> I did see that. Uh, see that on. Um, um, Google Plus, I think. Uh, yeah, I saw the picture. one of my 50 oh, before okay. 50 was to get purple highlights in my hair to match my Jeep. Something I've always wanted to do. Oh, but, I see them uh, now. There they are. Okay. Yep. Wow, that is purple. And uh, on both sides. Well, that's Anyway, neat. that was the extent of my, my fun. And actually, um, I have some, did some research on some Jeep tips and one of them, which I haven't had a chance to try out was they suggest turning your rear view mirror upside down and it gives you better visibility in the back. Heck yeah. That's the first mod I did to my Jeep was rear view mirror mod. <laughs> yeah. And well, I haven't had a chance to do it cause I have to take my CB radio down, oh. which you need to do anyway. Which I need, right. Which I need upside to do anyway, down. cause it's still upside down. So <laughs> I'm hoping to get to that this weekend. People sitting in her, people sitting in that Jeep going, uh, is that supposed to be like that? Right. For all of you lifted Jeep owners out there, seriously, do yourself a favor. Take your rear view mirror, tilt it all the way down, and then rotate it 100 degrees. Don't reef on it. If it, you know, if it doesn't do it, then don't force it. But, uh, but yeah, and, and what that does is it puts your rear view mirror at a higher angle, uh, higher uh, position up so that your angle looking back down behind you is a little more steep and you can actually see the cars right. behind you instead of uh you know staring at your at your lift gate unless you have a uh, rear tire carrier and then it's sol it's kind of a moot point anyways <laughs> yeah <laughs> buy a camera and put it on the back so anyway uh that that was my week just the hair just the hair oh well yeah i know yeah, i've been busy I do, working i do the oil changes so it's you know not that much different than uh what you yeah, do i've been I the both the times that I was supposed to go get my oil changed because um, I have free oil changes from when I brought the Rubicon, and I was going to go up and get that blower fixed because remember oh, it was yeah. squeaking. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, it they were snow days, so I couldn't make it up there. I right. mean, I know I can drive in the snow, but not here. You don't want to put your life at risk with all the other idiot drivers out there. And at one point, um, the dealer was closed because they couldn't get their um, parking lot plowed to get Hmm. the cars in. So anyway, my blower doesn't squeak anymore because it's not really super cold. Hmm. So it's really bizarre. Or if that was just maybe a condensation issue on, uh, on the, on the motor shaft or something like that and just had to work a, work a little oxidation loose or something. But it is a known issue, right? 
Yeah, it is a known issue. It is uh, yeah. it's a common issue. So yeah. yeah, so get it. Get it and they get when it I your... when I called them, they like, oh yeah, just bring it in, we'll fix it. So, <laughs> oh like, yeah, they they knew. Oh, I will. Uh, I will mention this really quick. Uh, we do have somebody on the hook for. Uh, when I say hook, they they took the bait. I uh, went ahead and did another post on uh, Renegade Forum today. To see if I could uh, get anybody that would be interested in doing a, a Renegade segment for us. And uh, we are currently in talks. Uh, with at least one person to do a renegade segment for us. So uh, we may be having some renegade information for you folks here really, really soon. And uh, I will mention, I believe it was uh, Joliet Johnny that wanted to get with me and talk about their renegade. Not necessarily a segment, but just give me a little, uh, uh, you know, some feelings uh, based uh, on uh, owning a renegade. And we're going to be doing that here real soon. I almost forgot. <clears throat> I did want to mention that I have not forgotten about you guys when we were scaring the bejesus out of you about the 3.6 liters and the 3.8 liter uh, Jeep engines and the JKs and the JKUs, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just really bad about getting excited about something and talking about it before it happens. So uh, we are lining up the people so that we can talk to them to get that information to you. Uh, there is a lot of information out there on forums about the 3.6 liter and 3.8 liter uh, engines used in the JK and the JKUs that you can go out there and uh, and and research yourself uh, between you know now and when we actually get it on the show. But uh, we have not forgotten about that. I am working on that, and hopefully we'll be bringing that information to you very very soon. So uh, with that, let's get over to Wheeling Ware and uh, wrap this puppy up. Yeah, there is only one event coming up that you guys really need to have on your radar, and that is the Easter Jeep Safari. It's like the biggest thing ever. It's the 50th anniversary of pretty much the biggest Jeep event in the world. If you guys have been waiting for a good excuse to go, trust me, this is it. It's happening March 19th through the 27th in, of course, Moab, Utah. The Red Rock four-wheelers have all the info you guys need. Head over to www.rr4w.com and look for the link to the 50th Easter Jeep Safari to get all the details. Only wish I could be there, too. Don't forget Jeep Junkies, wherever you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. That's it for this week, guys. If you got an event coming up in your area, let's let, let's let, let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruise and a club run, a fundraiser, or a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari, let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, guys, we heard an email recently about somebody who's picked up a, uh, well, a new Jeep part, more or less, an air compressor. If you guys are making a Jeep purchase, we'll make sure that the uh, you ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. Let them know just how much you guys enjoy our show. And if you're buying a product or a service from a vendor because of a review or a discussion you heard here on the show, make sure you guys let them know. And if they don't already know about the Jeep Talk Show, be sure and let them know about us. Really appreciate it. You can, uh, if you're making purchases on Amazon, please think about us before you make that purchase. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, all lowercase for the Amazon, and it will take you to amazon.com and any purchase that you make will get a few cents on each purchase. Won't cost you a thing. Just a, a, a moment of your time. And we really appreciate it. Make sure that you visit and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash jeeptalkshow. Uh, we're on the Twitter. You kids, you know you love it. 
uh, at Jeep Talk Show. We're on Stitcher Radio, uh, TuneIn.com. Of course, we're on iTunes and YouTube, uh, YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. You see our pattern here? Like the show. Help us out and tell a friend. Tell 20. And then tell us that you told 20. Don't forget, uh, you can be part of our show as well. There's always a fourth seat open, and it's not limited to the fourth. It can be the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. We always love audience participation. And, you know, you can become a a member of the premier uh, Jeep Talk Show staff simply by wanting to join in and give us some uh, little information on uh, your rig or your renegade, your uh, 2014 through 2016 uh, Trailhawk Cherokee, or even if it's not a Trailhawk, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, you can actually send us a uh, email at info at jeeptalkshow.com and find out how to be part of the show. And of course, you guys can find me over at thevoiceofjosh.com. And Tammy's got a blog you guys definitely need to check out. That's at jeepmama.com. J-E-E-P-M-O-M-M-A. Got problems with your PC? Not the Mac, but your PC? Give me a holler over at mucks.com. M-U-C-C-S dot com. You guys have a great Jeep week. Warning, the Jeep Talk Show is intended for entertainment purposes only. Use as directed. In relation to actual information, real Jeeps or persons living or dead are purely coincidental. The Jeep Talk Show is not responsible for lost or stolen items, and some assembly is required. For a full list of restrictions and contest rules, see store for details. Batteries not included. The Jeep Talk Show is for external use only. Contents under pressure. Side effects may include vertigo, uncontrollable laughter, or greasy discharge and false kung fu powers. The Jeep Talk Show and its contents are known to cause cancer in the state of California. It is probably not a federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. The Jeep Talk Show may be a choking hazard. Keep out of reach of small children. All safety precautions must be observed when using the Jeep Talk Show. If you feel you've reached this recording in error, please hang up and try your call again.